We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lords by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lordsdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Good evening, everyone. Before I forget, I want to do a, a couple of thank yous. Uh, tonight, we celebrate two great mysteries, right? Tonight, we celebrate the mystery uh, of the priesthood. Uh, tonight is the night that Jesus Christ gave us uh, the priesthood of the new covenant. And more importantly, tonight, <clears throat> we celebrate the heart of Catholicism, right? We celebrate tonight the gift of the Eucharist. And Eucharist, as you all know, because you all speak Greek, because you go to Lourdes, uh, Eucharist is a Greek word that means thanksgiving. And the heart of our life as Christians is a life of gratitude. It's a life of thanksgiving. So just a couple of thank yous, because I always forget, and then I feel guilty afterwards. But I just want to thank everyone who, there's a tremendous group of people who have worked very hard to make tonight possible. So I want to thank our, our sacristans, Rachel and Dorothy and Dale. They have put countless hours into tonight's liturgy. Uh, I want to thank our beautiful choir. You guys sound amazing. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to thank our servers. We have Donald Gurley, who is leading our servers during the Triduum. Uh, but all of our servers work so hard. Eric Gerd has stepped forward and has helped us with so much sound work. My staff... So many others. I want to thank Alex Brown, who helped us with the setup of all this and with the, getting all the speakers ready and all of that. Finally, with thank yous today, uh, I actually knew this, but he told me anyways. Today is the one-year anniversary of Deacon Darrell's stroke. Um, and it was a massive stroke. He had a very, very large stroke. Uh, and so I want to thank God that he's with us today. <laughs> And he has recovered so beautifully in the past year. Last year, I was on the priestly convocation up in Estes Park, and Mary didn't call me right away. <clears throat> but one of the other family members did, and it looked bad. And we give thanks to God for Deacon Darrell. Uh, he mean the world to us. So tonight we, we begin, right? Tonight is the night where we start, we relive and we enter into the moment that redeemed us. And the church, and I just want to encourage you, I think you know this, but the next three days are the same day. They are one. Over tonight and tomorrow with the uh, liturgy of Good Friday, and then with the Easter Vigil and Easter Sunday itself. It is one event that happened. It is the event whereby Jesus gave himself for us, destroyed death, and it is the moment where his gift of self created that mysterious, beautiful thing we call the church. I want to talk to you tonight about memory. 
Last summer, you know, I, my knees are bad now. Um, and I was, so I've switched to biking, which is totally lame, but it's a half substitute for running. So I was biking in my old neighborhood where I grew up. And I stopped in, and I, I went to uh, the old house, really, where, I, where my childhood, all my childhood memories are. Uh, and, you know, you get a little sentimental. I always hope our kids at Lourdes will look back, and they'll drive around here, and they'll look at the grotto, and they'll be like, remember when we were in that awful gym? It was awesome. Right? <laughs> and they'll remember that. And we were driving, and I was biking, and I... I went down in my old house, and in our backyard, we had a, a wooden retaining wall for a hill in the backyard, and it's the pot, spot where my dad taught me how to throw a baseball. Um, and you could see there's a, there's a creek on, on the other side of the street behind the houses, and I must have built about 50 forts down there when I was a kid. And my, my neighborhood friends and my brothers and I, there was a lot of construction and new housing, so we would steal from all the work sites and go build houses. It's a sure sign of calling to the priesthood. <laughs> There's a roof on the house across from the house I grew up in where my best friend from my childhood, Eric, and I, <clears throat> we used to sneak up on the roof all the time. And we just loved to sit up there. And we did that even into our college days. Memories tell you who you are. Right? When I go back to Canyon Cedar... I remember who I am. And those memories and those places are so special to me. They, they tell me that I am loved. They tell me that I belong somewhere. They tell me that I have a future. And it makes me a better person. Tonight's feast of the Last Supper is when Jesus celebrated the Passover. And the Passover for Jews was very much like that. That's what it was about. The Jews, on the night of Passover, they remembered who they are. They went back to Jerusalem. Every Israelite was required to make pilgrimage to Jerusalem. And they would go up to Jerusalem, and they remembered who they were. And they would retell the story of the Exodus, and they believed they would relive the story of the Exodus. Right? That made them who they were. Pope Benedict says this. You know you couldn't get through a homily without him. He says, Israel had to make a pilgrimage, as it were. A pilgrimage to the city every year at Passover in order to return to its origins to be recreated and to experience once again its rescue, liberation, and foundation. A very deep insight lies behind this. In the course of a year, a people is always in danger of disintegrating, disintegrating, not only through external causes, but also interiorly, and losing hold of the inner motivation which sustains it, right? We forget who we are. And day by day in our lives, our busy modern lives, all of us, I, I am so tempted, Jesus, to place my identity in things I shouldn't. 
I do it almost every single day. The people needs to return to its fundamental origin. Passover was intended to be this annual event in which Israel returned from the threatening chaos to its sustaining origin. When I go back to Canyon Cedar, I remember who I am. That's what Passover is. Passover is when Israel remembers who she is. And it's that night that we celebrate tonight. And it's so important to Jews. And I, I told the Daily Mass crowd that I wasn't going to preach on this, but I lied to them. But I just want to remind you of something I think I preached on probably two years ago. Tonight's feast, tonight's feast of the Last Supper meant everything to Jesus. It meant everything to him. We know that Jesus came into this world to die for us. He had ample opportunity. Left and right, when Jesus is doing different things, people are coming in and they threaten his life. And Jesus escapes. Right? At the beginning of Matthew's gospel, when Jesus is born, Herod wants to kill him. In his first sermon in Luke chapter 4, the crowd tries to throw him off a cliff. There's different plots at different times during the gospel that Jesus was going to die, where there's, there's plots of people trying to kill him. And every time he avoids it. And tonight, at the beginning of our gospel, in John 13, 1, it says, Before the feast of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come. He knew. He lived for that moment. He knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father, having loved his own who were in the world. He loved them to the end. Tonight's feast meant so much to Jesus. He could have died any time. In his 33 years of life, our Savior, who loved us, he could have died any time. But he didn't. He waited, and Jesus makes it very clear. In John chapter 12, Jesus says, No one takes my life from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. Right? The, the, the way that Jesus goes to his death tonight as he makes that choice, as he enters in towards the cross, make no mistake, brothers and sisters, he chose it. He chose how it would happen. He chose when it would happen. He chose all the details surrounding his last days on earth. And my favorite thing about this, I am blown away when I pray with this, is the Lord kept the Last Supper a secret. In Luke's gospel, we're told Jesus, the two of the apostles come to him and they say, Lord, where do you want to celebrate the Passover? Right, we have to celebrate the Passover. Where do you want to do it? And Jesus doesn't tell them. He doesn't tell them where. 
Jesus gives them a code word. He says, go to this part of the city and look for a man carrying a jar of water. We just hear this and we don't think deeply about this. We just gloss over this. But in those days, it was not common for men to carry water. Women tended to be the ones who carried water. And so a man carrying a jar of water would have stood out. Jesus arranged that ahead of time. He had a disciple in Jerusalem that he prearranged to meet the apostles. And then he tells Peter and John, he says, follow that man where he goes. I won't tell you where, just follow him. And when you get to the place he leads you, tell the owner of the household, where is the master to celebrate the Passover? In other words, a code word. And why would Jesus do this? I love this. Why would he be so secretive about the Last Supper? Because he knows that Judas will betray him. He knows it. And so Jesus doesn't allow Judas to pick the moment that he will be betrayed. Christ keeps the Last Supper a secret. Why? Because Jesus will not go to the cross. He will not die, brothers and sisters. He will not give his life for us until he celebrated the Eucharist. Tonight meant everything to the Savior. He would not die. He would not be handed over until he had celebrated the Eucharist. And it should mean everything to us. When the feast of Passover had come, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart out of this world to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And here's the one simple thing I want to say to you tonight. The Last Supper tells us who we are. The world thinks that the way Christianity came into being was in kind of, I don't know, Jesus and the apostles had like a meeting, in a strategic meeting, and they said, what's our mission statement? Right? And, and they said, okay, what's our morality going to be? What are our, our 5,000 rules we want to give people? That's not how the church came into being. The church exists because someone loved you. Christianity is not about morals. It has morals, and they're important, but it is not about morals. Christianity is not about dogma. It has dogma, and it's essential, and it's beautiful and true, but it's not the heart. Christianity is about someone who loved you. It's about someone who poured out his life for you. The church came into existence, brothers and sisters, when Jesus gave his life for us.
And I want to remind you of that. As you go into the world, as all of us live our lives, my identity, it's so easy for my identity to be about something else. Am I good at what I do? Do I have enough money? Is my future secure? Do I have comfort and pleasure in all those things? That's not who you are. It's never who you've been. It's never who you will be. You are a child of God. And you exist, your identity came into existence tonight. At a little table in Jerusalem when Jesus gave himself for you.